Back to left corner to Aguila. Aguila to the left circle. Passing to Yale. A shot. Save made by Ola Aguila. Three bounds. Another shot. A score! The Blades win it! Yeah, baby! They score! And the sea of red erupts. Flames talk starts now on Sportsnet 9. All right, getting another week going. Welcome to this hour of Flames Talk from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's Steinberg and Wes Gilbertson back from Oregon after a uh, good little golf trip as we welcome you into this hour on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Wes. Welcome home. Thanks, buddy. Not only am I home since Friday, but my golf clubs returned home yesterday after... Just a little bit a little, of a little extended detour. journey. A little detour? Yeah. You know, we needed a couple days worth of break anyways, okay. so it's probably for the best. It's probably just for the best. Absence makes the harder, whatever that saying is. Airline fault? Well, it wouldn't be my fault. Not with those, I those mean, things. Hey, those listen. you protect hey, your life. Listen, they didn't go where they were aimed all week, so it shouldn't be a surprise <laughs> that they took a little longer to find their way back to YYC. Lots to uh, get to uh, on top of the uh, runaround that Wes's golf club's got on this hour of the program. And I guess we'll start it with what was a, a cool final day at the World Championship in Finland. Yeah. Um, Some guys whose travels did go exactly as planned. Absolutely. Uh, as a, a gentleman we both know well told me, uh, we came here for gold, and Team Canada does indeed pick up the gold medal. Uh, Tyler Toffoli, Milan Lucic, Mackenzie Wieger all win gold for Team Canada in a win over Germany. Uh, Flames farmhand Kristen Rubens, uh, uh, overtime winner for the biggest bronze in world championship history, I think you could probably say. How cool were those photos oh, from the square today? That was so neat. And awesome. That's for finishing third in an annual tournament. It was super neat. And Rubens, who uh, Brad Pascal acquired at the AHL trade deadline, goes to play for Latvia, scores the overtime winner. Um, and Matt Coronado has himself a really good showing as well for Team USA, playing mostly on uh, mostly at center for Team USA. Had himself a pretty good tournament and for the first time ever playing against men for an extended period of time and showed well. I think that was super encouraging if you're the Flames seeing what you saw from Matt Coronado, despite the fact Team USA lose a couple of heartbreakers in the semi and in the bronze medal game. Yeah, and I know that the Flames internally see Matt Coronado as a winger and that that's where they've always projected him. Going back to when he was being scouted as a draft eligible that's what they saw is a guy who could pick corners off the wing and do it at a at a great clip, be a guy who could consistently put goals in the back of the net at the NHL level. And yet now he plays center almost this entire season at Harvard. He goes and plays center for a big chunk of the world championship. It gives them a fascinating bit of flexibility that I'm not sure they envisioned they were going to have with Matt yeah. Coronado moving down the road. Um. And we'll get to a little bit more on him as we continue this hour. But let's let's take a look at the Flames who went to the World Championship and, and maybe focus on each one for a few minutes and, and start projecting into next season. And I guess we'll start with the guy who was the story of the tournament in a lot of ways for Team Canada. That was Mackenzie Wieger. Leads all D-men in tournament scoring with 11 points in 10 games. Was tied for fourth overall in tournament scoring. An, an outstanding performance from the Flames blue liner and, and really just continuing the strong work that he had done in the second half of the season for the Flames, where he really settled in and started to become who a lot of people thought he would be as a member of the Flames. Post-All-Star break, Uyghur was one of Calgary's best players. Yeah, absolutely. And when I chatted with him about a week and a half ago, I, I asked him, you know, do you do you let yourself think about next season at all in the context of, what a good performance at Worlds could do. And he said, you know, I just want to stay in the present right now. And I'm paraphrasing, obviously. I, I just want to win a gold medal. That That's all I'm here for. And yet then he allowed, he said, but if we do win a gold medal and I have a great tournament, then I think that will help me pick up where I left off in Calgary. And I was thinking and writing about that this morning. Like, if you go back, okay, well, if we win a gold medal, check. And if I have a great tournament, well, absolutely. Not only 
was he fourth overall in tournament scoring? As you said, he was Canada's leading scorer. And yeah. I know this wasn't a star-studded Canadian roster, but anytime a defenseman is the offensive engine for your team, he's he's done something pretty special. And and in this case, I'm not sure that you could have asked much more out of Mackenzie Weger. He played 23 minutes a night, and that's only because in some of the blowouts over the lesser-like countries, they actually Dialed sort of back. eased off. Yeah. I mean, he played... 25 plus against Germany in the gold medal game. He played 27 almost against Latvia in the semifinal. This was a guy that quarterbacked the top power play. This was a guy who jumped the boards immediately when they were on the penalty kill from a flame standpoint. And I know next season is a long ways away, but if you're talking momentum builder or confidence booster, yep. This has to be exactly that for Mackenzie Weger. Want to uh, hear a little bit from Mackenzie, our Flames Talk World Championship correspondent. It uh, sure feels neat to say that. Aaron Vickers was over there in Latvia, then Finland, as we know. And uh, Vickers caught up with uh, Mackenzie Weger after winning gold on Sunday in Finland. Let's listen in. You know what? I've said it. Uh, there's really no feeling right now. It's just I'm just trying to stay present and enjoy it. Um, you know, right from Budapest to, to Riga to here. Um, it's been such a crazy experience, and it's made it all worth it with the gold medal around my neck now. He has said you came with an open mind and no expectations, so how do you close the chapter on this experience? Yeah. On it? The only expectation I had was was gold, and, and I kept it to myself, yeah. but I'm happy we got it. Uh, it was such a grind, though. We had to go through a lot. Uh, we had our ups and downs this tournament, but um, you know, that, there's unbelievable group in there, and uh, we came together like family over this month. You spent a season and now a tournament with Milan Lucic. What value does he bring to any team uh, he brings a lot of value uh he's obviously a great leader but he's still got a lot of juice left uh you know he's a guy that when he's on the ice he can still make plays and then when he gets in the corners you know guys are still worried about him so um he brings a lot uh he's still got he's still got it and i'd love for him to come back to calgary because he brings a lot on and off the ice is that just because you don't want to meet him in a corner maybe uh that, that has something to do with it a little bit tyler Tofoli, captain of this team gold medal winning team what did he bring on and off the ice for you he brought it all you know that's uh, that's our captain canada there um you know we wouldn't have won it without him uh he scores big time goals uh just like he did in the third period today great guy um you know he made everybody you know get comfortable and, and mesh together as as a team and uh you know credit to him he really brought us all together so i'm happy for him what's it mean to be able to do this with two calgary flames teammates yeah like i said before you know i love those guys and it, it means the world to me that i can win with a couple of, you know teammates and uh, enjoy together. Obviously, we are, we're close and we, our families are close. And, um, you know, I'm happy that we can celebrate now and just look back on the whole experience and, and just have some laughs and some beers and, and hug each other. It's awesome. And they deserve all those beers and laughs and hugs. Um, some great pictures coming from the Flames social media account. Some of those Lucic selfies were great. That one that Uyghur put out earlier on Monday was outstanding with him and the family. Amazing. Uh, Tyler Toffoli's put some good pics out. Good on him. And, and it was super neat to see. Let's Uyghur's going to wear a letter next year, right? Like, if it's me, I'm putting an A on him at the very, very least for next season. The way that he emerged as a real spokesperson, the way that he emerged as one of their best players in the second half of the season, knowing that he's here and dialed and committed and happy to be here for the next eight seasons. I'm, I'm, I'm slapping a letter on Uyghur next season, no questions asked. I only hesitate, because I, I think for all the reasons that you laid out I think he's absolutely a part of your leadership group. I think it makes a ton of sense to put a letter on him. I just want to see who's back That's from fair. the leadership group because I do think of the of the guys who don't have a letter right now, at least for me, Rasmus Anderson is, is sort of first in line for one. Uh, yes, Mackenzie Weger has emerged already as a leader on the Flames. He's going to have a letter on his jersey eventually. Might might it take a couple of those pending UFAs that we keep talking about to leave until he gets it? Potentially. I, I'm not sure we see it in the fall, but he's in line for one, absolutely. And and the bigger question for me, and, yeah. and let me maybe throw this over to you, where do you see him in terms of the power play moving forward? Because my biggest takeaway, and I realize that Canada did not have a star-studded roster. They didn't have a ton of offensive Don't tell weapons. Them that. Yeah, I'm sorry, Tyler Myers. They didn't have a ton of weapons on the power play. They, you know, in some cases they didn't have the most potent power play at the tournament, but 
Where do you see Mackenzie Weger fitting on special teams at the Saddledome? I uh, I look at him as your number two power play guy now, and I think that there's something to having. Now I don't know. It, depending on first of all if Hannafin's here, and second of all how they want to structure it. Third of all, who's constructing the power play? All of these things are are questions. But fair, fair, and fair. We have seen at different times over the last couple of seasons with this coaching staff, two units made up of four and one, and we've also seen four and one and, and three and two. So depending on the way, but for me, regardless, he's on the second power play unit. Cause for me, Rasmus has, has solidified himself. Rasmus Anderson as as the power play one guy. And I think that's where he, I, I think he excels most in that role, but Uyghur is very strong at puck retrievals. And we know that he can get that puck through. He's got a pretty solid shot. Um, so I, I, I think he'd be a really nice fit as your number two power play guy going forward. Or if they go three forwards, two defensemen, him and Hannafin could could work very well as well. But for me, next year, to start the season, I've, I've got Uyghur on on a power play unit to start the year. And I also, you know, it's funny. I, I've been thinking a lot about this because in some ways, and I really think there is an argument or a conversation to be had about Uyghur playing on the right side going forward until we know what this blue line is going to look like and how it's structured. It's, it's hard to project, but on the other hand, if they have an overload of right side guys again, and they very well might a duo. If, if you were to start the season with Uyghur and Anderson, the way Uyghur played down the stretch now what we've seen from him at the World Championship, what we know Rasmus Anderson is, and what we know from them in the back third of the season when they were put together, you've got an opportunity for one of the, like a top NHL pairing right from the get-go to start the season. And I know it took a little while for them to get there last year, but I would, uh, I'd be very interested to see Anderson Weger on a pair to start the year, obviously with Weger on the left. Yeah, I'd I'd be interested in that as well because of what it looked like down the stretch. And the what I would add to that is you have an opportunity if you decide to leave Uyghur on his strong side, on his right side, like you have the the bedrock of two pairings there. Yes. Rasmus Anderson is your lead dog on one pairing. Mackenzie Uyghur is your top guy on another pairing. Yes, could they play together? Maybe should they play together? Certainly, depending on how the numbers shake down righty-lefty, you can make a case that that is as good a pairing as you can come up with from the Calgary Flames' current defense crew. But if you don't go that way, and the way we saw Mackenzie Weger settle in after the bye, the way we saw the offense start to come, Daryl Sutter said it, and I couldn't agree more, he was their best defenseman for the final couple months of the season. And so if you go with those guys both on their strong side, you have the foundation set there for two really yep. good pairings. Agreed, agreed. And I'm they've they've definitely got themselves options. And look, we don't know what Jonathan Huberto is going to be next year, but the other established NHL or they got in that trade last July. I think you're expecting Uyghur to hit the ground running next year. I think, and I know there'll be a new coach, but I, I just I think that comfortable with teammates, comfortable with city, comfortable with his favorite arena in the NHL, just all of that stuff. Um, I say that in jest because he got the arena deal done. Um, I just, I, I think Uyghur's the type of guy that starts the season and looks a whole lot more comfortable right from minute one this year. I've never turned the TV on in June and watched my former teammates play in the Stanley Cup final, but I would imagine that you are going to see both Mackenzie Uyghur and Jonathan Huberto show up with quite a chip on their shoulder as well because of that. It's not easy to feel like you're the ones who got traded away and suddenly here's my old team on the cusp of one of the Cinderella stories of NHL history. Yep. And, you know, when I when I brought it up in my chat with Mackenzie Weger, he said, listen, I'm not the sort of guy who's going to be cheering against guys I know, but I'm glad I've been in Latvia and sort of removed that I haven't had to watch it every night. And and. I'm really curious to see, regardless of what happens with the Florida Panthers over the next couple months, I'm really curious to see the sort of, or couple weeks, I'm sorry. I'm curious to see what sort of chip those two guys bring into training camp because they have a lot to prove based on the season they just had. 
Jonathan Huberto and Mackenzie Weger both feel like they can bring a lot more than they brought in their first season with yep. the Calgary Flames. In Weger's case, he finally got there at the end of the season. In Huberto's, I don't think he ever did. But I think there's going to be a little extra kick in the butt from watching the Panthers play for the Stanley Cup for the next two weeks. Talk about uh, Milan Lucic. He enters unrestricted free agency on July 1st. And I just thought it was cool to see him suit up for Team Canada because, you know, he's, he's he never truly got the opportunity before. I know that he played in the, the Super Series thing, but he's never been in a tournament like this. He's never been in a double IHF round robin before. He's never been in a double IHF medal round. He's never been in a gold medal game. It was it was neat to see him suit up for Team Canada because just knowing, getting to know Milan and, and being around him since he got here in the summer of 2019, like this dude is a, a hockey historian and and he cares about the just the entire uh, like it's it's more than just about his team. It's more than just about his career. That I I can guarantee you, putting that jersey on and now being in the record book as a world championship gold medalist. That uh, that means something for him. He never got a chance to go to the World Juniors. He's never been on an Olympic. He's kind of been on the fringes and in conversations for Olympic rosters or World Cup rosters, but has never actually made it. Um, so that was it was it was neat to see him and I was I was happy to see him get that opportunity and to see him go over there, not only represent his country, but then win a gold medal with his country. I, I had a pretty neat chat with Milan at Winsport before it was announced that he was gonna be on Team Canada. When he was skating with the Wranglers? Yeah, and you know, I was struck by the fact here's this guy who's played twelve hundred NHL games at this point, damn close to it. And his season has just ended in, in somewhat gut-wrenching fashion, and he's out here... 11.73, you would have gotten it wrong on Prices Right. <laughs> and he's out here skating with an AHL team to stay in shape because he asked to go to world championship. That That is not a sentence that might have ever been uttered on sports talk radio before. And as the tournament played out, it you just couldn't help but... See the way he was beaming, you know, when I talked to Mackenzie Weger in that conversation we had, he said he stands beside Luch on the blue line after wins because he loves how loud he sings the national anthem. This this was a guy who truly was having the time of his life or one of the times of his life at Worlds. And it was really cool to witness. You know, he sort of in that conversation took me through a little bit of, of his history with Team Canada. He was, you know, one of the final cuts from an Olympic team. He was going to be the captain of of a world junior team. He, you know, he was a guy who captained that summer. They actually had a super series against Russia. Yep. And Milan Lucic was Canada's captain. And he was... And then he made the Bruins. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, I made the Boston Bruins as an 18-year-old. And so he never got an opportunity to skate in the world juniors for good reason. And so to not only hear that he asked to go to worlds, but then to see him take advantage of it the way he did, you know, he scored a couple goals. He, I believe he assisted on the game winner yesterday. And so good for Milan Lucic. This is a guy who has invested so much into the game and to see that somewhat blurry photo that he shared on social media last night with him and, and his wife and his three kids. That was pretty neat. Check back in with uh, our world championship correspondent. Here's a uh, Flames Talk fan member Aaron Vickers with Milan Lucic after winning gold on Sunday. When you reach out to Hockey Canada, I assume this is the feeling you're chasing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know what? Uh, this is this was really the only reason why I came is to try and uh, win a gold medal, and that's why I reached out and uh, to ask if there was a spot for me. And uh, thankfully, Doug you know, had one for me and I just wanted to come and do whatever I could to contribute to the group. And, you know, it was, it, it was a long month, but you know, it's, it's worth it now at the end. I mean, this respectfully, but it's been a while since you yeah. reached the trophy. How's the feeling? It's great. I mean, nothing will, I mean, nothing will ever compare to, you know, a Stanley cup, but uh, to be able to, you know, win the world championships and have my, you know, my family and my wife and kids, my mom and uh, other family members here. Uh, I think I had, Twelve people here uh, to 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 celebrate this with me, uh, you know, it means a lot. So 
I'm so grateful to to have been a part of this group. Such a good group of guys, and and uh, it, it truly means a lot. I'll just set you up for the summer. It's going to be an interesting one for locker room veterans. Yeah, I mean, you know, I talked about it uh, a couple of days ago. Spend the next month thinking about uh, what the next step is is in my career, and you know what the best fit for me will be moving forward. And right now, I think the main part is is just enjoy enjoy the win. Have you come to that conclusion? Would you rather play on a team that you can have an expanded role, or are you chasing the cup again? How does it work out for you? You know what? Uh, <laughs> there's so many scenarios that that have run through my head. So you know, I think I'll take the next couple of weeks to to run them all again and. And then find out what's best for me. What did Tyler Toffoli do as captain with this green? Oh, he was he was great. You know, uh, just just being a, a a good calming presence, and uh, you know, just just bringing the group together and, and believing that you know we were a good team. And I think, you know, we heard some uh, people say that you know this this wasn't a strong Canadian group, but you know we came together. Uh, and felt like we were, and, and we got better every game, and it, it took us to be champions. Have you seen Mackenzie Weir play at this level before? Uh, no. You know, it was great to see, so uh, I hope uh, it carries over for him uh, next year into Calgary because uh, he's such a big part of it. That was Milan Lucic after winning gold over Germany in Finland uh, in conversation with uh, Flames Talk fan member Aaron Vickers in Finland. Am I even when even when he talks? Do you get the sense that Luch has moved on from Calgary mentally? Is that like am I am I reading between too many lines? Am I extrapolating too much when I say that it sounds like maybe he's moved on to the next chapter when he talks about what might be coming next, or or do you read it differently? No, that's the exact okay. read I I have. The only part of your sentence I would change is I think you said maybe, and I don't think it's okay. a maybe at all. I I think. Milan Lucic, and we heard him say it on, on exit day at the Saddledome, grateful for the way he was treated in his time with the Flames, but I don't think either side, and maybe I'm wrong, there's been a lot of changes around the Saddledome, but I don't think either side sees a fit long-term. Certainly, we keep hearing about an injection of youth into the lineup. Well, that fourth-line left-wing spot is one of the spots that you want that injection, and so... I, I think his the end of his stint at the Saddledome has come. I, and I think, you know, he signs elsewhere as a UFA. And I think that he I think that he's known that for quite some time. Yeah. Or, or if he hasn't known it for sure, he's come to peace with that potential being the fa- the case. And so I, I don't think it'll shock him if he's signing elsewhere on July 1. This is a guy who probably better than a lot of pro athletes seems to sort of understand where he fits. And and I think him reaching out to hockey Canada to ask for an invite to worlds is, is representative of it. He, he knew where he fit when he was one of the best power forwards in the NHL. He knows where he fits now as a, as a guy who has to be in the lineup as a, as a glue guy, as a physical force. And I think he probably in a couple of, instances this season got a bit of a harsh reminder where he fits as a healthy scratch and you know i i think the milan lucic experience in calgary people are going to have a lot of fond memories of of what he did here but it's time i think for both sides to move on i'm i'm with you and i think that i think that there's even if there was like even if the flames are like no we, we'd like to bring you back i i, I think luch feels like it's probably time to move on he's been here for Four seasons now and one normal season. He's literally has had one normal season in Calgary this past one. And with all of the dysfunction, I don't know how normal you can actually call it. But <laughs> right. Before that, it was... If this was your normal season, then... No kid. Well, just imagine what the, the prior few years would have been like. Because the year before, yeah, there was an 82-game season and he played all 82. But there was a COVID shutdown and it was still... there was. You know, 10 home games played in front of half capacity. It was still weird. And obviously, the year before was all in a bubble. And the year before that seemed normal, and then it wasn't. And they were in a bubble again. So I think that, you know, he's probably looking at, and and you heard Vix ask him about chasing a cup or expanded role, and he'll be somewhere next year. I I can guarantee you there will be a contract, at least one contract, but probably multiple offers on Milan Lucic's desk or his agent's desk come July 1st. He will be playing in the NHL next year. And I don't really think you can, uh, you, 
It would be it would be a stunner if he's not. It would be his decision if he's not playing in the NHL next year. He is not going to be a PTO guy. He he will be signed to a contract, if not on the first day of free agency, then in the relatively early stages, because there will be enough interest for that. And and to answer, and it was a good question by our our buddy Aaron in in Finland. I think the answer in there is probably that he looks for an expanded role with a a team that might be in rebuild mode, a team that that might want Milan Lucic's veteran savvy to help bring some of their kids along. And then I assume he's going to be on a one-year deal who then, if he can prove what he still has, might be on the move again at the deadline. That's what I could see is a guy who signs with a team that might not be in the playoff mix tries to help push them into the playoff mix, but might be on the move again if he can show what he has left in the tank. And Milan Lucic at near the league minimum is going to be a whole lot more attractive as a potential 13th forward than Milan Lucic would have been at his current salary. Agreed, 100%. Uh, Captain Tyler Toffoli has had quite the year. Career season in the NHL follows that up with being captain for Team Canada on a gold medal winner. And and I know, and I've seen it, I know there's a sentiment out there that, uh, or, or a segment of Flames fans who believe that strike while the iron's hot. And now's the time to trade this guy. Now's the time to maximize. And I understand, but I disagree. I still am very much on the side of Guy wants to be here. Guy wants to stay, see what you can get done. And if you can get a shorter-term deal done, somewhere in the three-year range, and maybe give him a little bit of a boost on the AAV, I think that, to me, is is desirable. Because I, I still think Tyler Toffoli can be a really important player on this team for the next three, four years. And and is he going to get close to 80 points next year? I don't know. They're called career seasons for a reason, but can he be a 25 goal scorer next year? Absolutely. The year after probably. So if you were to sign him to a three-year extension and have him for the next four years and you give him a little bit of a boost on the AAV, but you only are tied to a guy who would be in his mid thirties as it expires for three years. I, I think that's something that the Flames should absolutely be looking to consider here as one of the seven guys who needs a new contract after next season. Regular listeners are are well aware of, of where I stand on signing a 31-year-old coming off a career-high season to an extension. And, and that is just tread carefully yep. because of the age and what you're paying for at that point. But... Yes, if you can get Tyler Toffoli on something like a three-year deal, absolutely get it done. He he is the most pure sniper on the roster. He plays right wing, which is a spot that ever since Jerome McGinley retired, you or ever since Jerome McGinley departed, you've not been able to find right wingers with a whole lot of success, especially since you moved the other one to center where he's been terrific. He He's at a spot on the roster that, you don't have a ton of guys knocking on the door. And so, yeah, if you can get them signed up for three years, go for it. I, I'm wary, I guess, of what it costs and the sort of term that he might be looking for. But once you have those discussions, they can guide your next step. For sure. For sure. Would I sign him to a five-year extension? Probably not. Right. He... Would- but what about what about if you were to give him like an extra seven fifty k or whatever and go three times five on an extension? More money, if that's what it takes to keep the term short. Yeah. Absolutely. And this is a guy who I think is going to age quite gracefully, and I say that because he's never been a great skater. This is yeah, not never been. This his... is not a player who depends on his wheels to be yeah. successful at the NHL level. He is in many ways like Sean Monahan was a guy who needs a little bit of time and a little bit of space, and he can put it in the back of the net. Those guys can be hard to find. And so if you can get him signed to a reasonable term, absolutely. Otherwise, you're talking about losing your leading scorer from this season. Yep. So he's not in the same echelon as Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk, but you're talking about letting another one of your go-to guys leave town. And... An organization can only stand to lose so many of those. 
And then finally, Matt Coronado, his first, and we talked a little bit about him off the top, but it's his first extended time playing against pros and against men. Puts up three goals and eight points in 10 games, played mostly center. Um, and with all that's gone down this summer so far, with a GM change and a head coach fired, and as such, some philosophical shifts organizationally in the way they go about their business, he's on the team next year, right? Like, that door is wide open for Coronado to be on the roster. I would have I would have said, had Daryl Sutter not been let go, and had, and maybe to a lesser extent, if Tree was still here, I would have said, yeah, my gut says Coronado starts in the American League. But with Daryl Sutter no longer here and the search on for a new head coach, and on top of that, with a new general manager who has been adamant that they're adding youth to the lineup, I think Coronado has a very strong chance to be on your opening night roster. Yeah, I think very strong is is a absolutely fair description. I, I could see a scenario, and everything that I've heard, both behind the scenes and from Craig Conroy's press conference the other day, everything that I've heard leads me to believe that they're going to have about a dozen guys locked into forward roster spots at training camp and a couple of jobs open. I I really do think that we're going to be looking at some legitimate training camp battles for roster spots. And so Matt Coronado to me is absolutely in that mix. I, you know, I could see a scenario where you had Walker Dewar, potentially Matthew Phillips, if he's willing to resign and Matt Coronado competing for your final two spots as right wingers. And Pelche's on for you already? Pelche, to me, should have been a lock last year, although he did not. Wasn't a great camp. It was very underwhelming at camp. But yeah, Jacob Pelche is a guy that I would would have competition for. I'd need to see him earn it, but I'd be really, really surprised if Jacob Pelche doesn't break camp with the Calgary Flames. But, you know, if you come down to... Let's say you you can convince Matthew Phillips to stick around. You know, if anyone's going to do it, it's Craig Conroy who was pounding the table at the draft to get him in a Flames uniform in the first place. You know, if you come down to Coronado and Matthew Phillips kind of competing for an every night, every night, sorry, spot as a right winger, I think a lot of people would be okay with that. Yeah. I could see them both being in the lineup some night. Are you calling? Uh, are you calling it Matthew Phillips back next season? Breaking news? No, I'm not calling it, and I I'm not sure if I was Matthew that it would be my first choice. I, I think at some point you at least want to hear what's out there. If I'm Matthew Phillips, I at least want to get pretty close to July first and and understand where teams think I might fit. But. Now that it's Craig Conroy calling the shots, I, I don't think it's crazy. Nope, I don't either. And, and a coaching change, obviously. Yes, the coaching change makes a significant difference. I, I asked him uh, last week when he came on, I said, because I, I asked him about what he's thinking. He said, I know there's been some changes. I, I asked him, those changes uh, potentially influence you positively? He says, oh, yeah, maybe. Like, you know, he didn't say one way or the other. And I know that Craig Conroy told us last week as well that in the exit meetings, Phillips was not going to tell him one way or the other. He wasn't, yes, I'm definitely staying, or yes, I'm definitely leaving. I just think there's more of a chance now than there was prior to a couple of these moves being made. I'm with you. Well, I mean, prior to the coaching move especially, there was a snowball's chance today of him staying. Yep. Yep. So the chances certainly improved. Now, could it have something to do with what he hears other organizations are willing to offer him? Could it, you know, we're talking about a guy who's been in the AHL for a handful of years. He's he's not set for life contractually, so that should certainly be weighed in his decision. All that stuff is going to go in, but Craig Conroy is has been one of Matthew Phillips' biggest boosters. For sure. We're talking about internal candidates who've worked with Matthew Phillips. Ryan Huska, to a lesser extent, but certainly knows Matthew. Kirk Muller, to a lesser extent, but certainly knows him. Mitch Love, who has helped push him to another level for the past two seasons. And so that chance could get even stronger 
I think. But yeah. as of today, you know, if you asked me this one month ago, I would have said no, no chance. chance. Let's not even discuss it. It's a waste of our breath. There's a chance now. Uh, a few texts, 960, 960, uh, as we continue along this hour on Flamestock. Guys, what about Connor Zeri? Wasn't he the best young prospect in camp last year? And this says, is Zeri close to ready? Do you think he's going to be an NHLer at any point? I still think Pace needs to take a step. I thought he took some steps from one year to the next under Mitch Love and, and full-time in the American League. But I still think some steps in the pace of his game the, the speed, not just his overall skating, which I think needs to take some steps, but also just decisions and all that type of stuff. Talent's there, and, and I think the offensive instincts are there. I just don't know if I'm quite ready to say that Zeri pushes for an NHL spot and, and is one of the guys in the mix for opening night. And maybe he has a great camp, but I'm, he would be a little further down the list in terms of knocking on the door right now. Yeah, I mean, your opportunity to knock on the door is to be one of those guys that really pops in the AHL playoffs. And Connors Larry didn't. Yeah. You know, he he had one highlight reel goal. He certainly had some nice moments. He did plenty of good things, but this did not look like a guy who was banging on the door to be an every night NHL or next fall, I think you provided a really nice list of what he has to work on. I know he works with a skating coach in the summer. It's not like he's not aware that that needs to be near the top of his to-do list. But if he is going to be in the flames lineup on October, whatever it is that they open their season, he is going to have to have had a hell of a training camp and really turn some heads. Because as we're sitting here today, I, I don't think they could be possibly projecting him as NHL ready. Uh, this reads, option three on Toffoli is just let him play out next year and see where it goes from there. He'll be 32 at the end of next season. Why not use the last year of his prime for which he's under contract? Absolutely. Um, this says, I think Toffoli's a second line right wing, and over the next three years, they're hopefully looking at Coronado or Pelche there. I think it's bad cap management to keep him. I, I don't know. I don't think that having, first of all, Pelche projects as a left winger, and I think that's where he is best naturally fit. And second of all, I don't know if having Toffoli on your roster keeps Coronado from cresting into the top six at all. I think it it actually insulates him nicely in the early going and allows that progression to happen a little bit better because, you know, outside of the offense, Toffoli's as reliable as it gets, right? Like, very rarely is he in poor position. Very rarely is he, you know, on the ice and chiefly responsible for a goal against. He's strong at both ends of the ice. So, yeah, I, I don't think Toffoli keeps Coronado out of the top six, even if you're projecting three years down the road. Insulate is a really good word because I, I think the flip side of it, and I'll just echo you here, I think the flip side is asking too much of your young players too soon. And that's how you wind up with a a team that sort of isn't getting better in a lot of cases is you throw those young guys. You ask Matt Coronado, who's played one NHL game. You know, one of the biggest things for Coronado about going to Worlds was just getting more games under his belt. I think between Harvard and the Flames, I think he played 35 this year. So you're asking a guy then to play in the top six when we're just sitting here having a conversation about whether he should start in the NHL or AHL, Tyler Toffoli helps provide a little bit of protection there in case the kid's not ready. And if he is ready and you bump Tyler Toffoli down to your second line, you're doing fine there too. Yep. You know, it doesn't always work out. And maybe this is a bad example because it did work out fairly well, but you know, you, you don't want Sean Monahan one year out of junior and Johnny Gaudreau fresh out of college to be your top line very often because that's really tough on the kids coming yep. up. And so I just think if, if a guy like Tyler Toffoli is there, he's not blocking Matt Coronado in any way, shape or form. Yep. In fact, he's probably helping groom him, helping bring him along. I think Dylan Dubé would look at what, so many of these veterans have meant for Dylan Dubé. You know, Milan Lucic wasn't holding him back. He was helping him get better. Yep. 
And they're going to need a similar... Matt Coronado is not the next coming. You know, he's, he's a really good player, but this isn't Connor Bedard. And so he doesn't need to have a first and second or first or second line spot reserved for him right away. Tyler Toffoli is a nice guy to have in that case. It's uh, Pat and Wes with you from our Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio this hour. They're your local experts for basement waterproofing, sump pumps, crawl spaces, foundation repair, and radon mitigation. They're all things basement-y. Visit dlbasementsystemscalgary.com. Hey, it's George Russick. And Matty Rose. We host the big show with Russick and Rose. If you miss us weekday mornings on Sportsnet 960 to fan, first of all, shame on you. Second of all, download the podcast on demand. So many places that you can find the podcast wherever you get your favorite NHL, NFL, CFL, MLB, the stories that sports fans in Calgary want to hear. We got it for you. We are the big show. Talking your team right now. Flames Talk is on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. So as this hour continues, Pat and Wes with you. We know the Florida Panthers are going to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1996. And they have been primarily led by two players. Sergei Bobrovsky, of course, has been out of his tree. And then Matthew Kachuk, who for the first time in his NHL career, still 24 years old, so there's a lot still to go. But for the first time, he's been in the league since he's 18. Um, he's truly come to play in the postseason. By far his best playoff performance. We had never saw anything like this in his time with the Flames. That's not a criticism, actually, at all, because I think we all expected it to crest at some point. I just think it's pissing a lot of people off that it's not cresting in a flaming sea, and instead they've got that goofy cat on the front of their uh, in the, on the front of his jersey. Um, and St- Stanley? Stan, is that what his name is? Stanley E. Panther or something? Oh, no. I don't remember now. Now I have to Google this. <laughs> uh, Florida Panther mascot. Family. What, what was Stanley C. Panther? Is that what it is? Ah, yeah. uh, yes. Stanley C. Panther. Um, I'm curious on the text line. We'll read a bunch of texts here because I think some Flames are upset because the Flames did not maximize Matthew Kachuk in last July's trade with Florida. I think some are upset that the Flames didn't sign him to a longer-term deal in 2019. And I think some are upset that he didn't want to stay in Calgary and essentially pushed his way out, which was his right to do. So I'm curious as to where you land. I'm curious as to where you land on the text line at 960-960. I definitely can see where everybody's coming from. I don't personally agree that they didn't maximize the deal just because of how over the moon so many people were when the deal was made and we're only a year into it. You know, let's let's wait even two or three more years Bingo. until and look, I think what we already know is that Florida got the best player and and the highest ceiling and the guy. We knew that, but I still think there's things to be written here when it comes to what we see from Huberto and Uyghur. I do in hindsight believe the Flames could have or should have signed him to a longer-term deal in 2019. I do think there's merit there. I don't think they would have been able to get him to seven or eight. From what I know and and people that I trust on it, I think they could have got him to a six-year extension, though, but they would have had to go higher than seven mil. And as such, they were strapped on the cap. They would have had to get creative, but in hindsight, and I know hindsight is very, very easy to fall back on but looking back yeah they probably should have signed him to longer than three years going back to 2019 and then the other one yeah I mean it was fully his right but if you're a little jilted because a guy didn't want to stay here I I can probably understand that so that's kind of where I fall down on it I think the biggest mistake is that they didn't sign him to more than three years obviously they couldn't do four that would have walked him to UFA but to not go five or six which I think was realistic I think you have right to be a little frustrated there. Yeah, I agree with you. And I would also say that, and credit to the player here, I think Matthew Kachuk is now outpacing what even the Calgary Flames' most optimistic projections of what he could turn into were. I I do think that they thought he could be a star. He, He is one of the best offensive players in the National Hockey League right now. And I think the Flames were always 
optimistic that he'd be a, a big time contributor. But we're talking. Did you see the stat on social media earlier today about the most combined points, meaning regular season and playoffs, in your first year with a team? Did you see no, this floating around? No, okay. So the Florida Panthers shared this on Twitter today. He enters the Stanley Cup Finals with, or final, I'm sorry, with 130 points. And that's a mix of, of regular season and, and playoff. Only two players in NHL history have had more points in their first campaign with a new team. Wayne Gretzky, okay. 190 points in 88-89 before being bounced by Lanny McDonald and the Flames in, I believe, the second round. And... Timu Solani, 138 points in 92-93 with the Winnipeg Jets. So we're talking pretty solid. Yeah, pretty good. Let's say pretty solid pretty, company there. Pretty, pretty and and so, yes, I agree with you that they should have signed him for longer term at that point. And yet, I, I think I understand based on the player he was at that point, the hesitation to go beyond $7 million. And I absolutely, and I played golf with three people. We got discussing it the other day, talking about, well, how should you feel about Matthew Kachuk wanting out of town? And a couple of Flames fans said, yeah, it made me sad to hear him come out and say, and he didn't necessarily come out and say it, but it made me sad that this was a guy who, after being drafted here, after starting his career here, said, you know what? I'm not really interested in staying long-term. Yeah. And I think it's absolutely fair to feel that way. And I think it it makes it hurt even worse that he's doing what he's doing now. He he is the player you dreamed he'd be. He might be better than the player you dreamed yeah. he'd be. He's scoring huge goals in big games. He's controlling his emotions better than he ever did. He's probably the second overall pick oh, behind absolutely. Austin Matthews in that draft now. No disrespect to anybody else, but that's the second best player from that draft. And I don't even know. I think it's pretty darn close right now between Matthews and Kachuk. Let's hear some text. There must be some good ones. There are some good ones. Uh, let's uh, let's dive in. So um, this from Wedley. If the Flames treated him like a star, he stays. There was always this hesitancy due to skating or antics like Muzzin. Uh, this says the Flames screwed it up with both Bennett and Kachuk because Bennett had also been so effective after Kachuk. He stands out, stands out in my mind next to Kachuk. We knew what Bennett was about. He was used the absolute wrong way. The Flames lost all their top picks for a variety of reasons. You win cups with those players, and that's what Kachuk's proving. Huberto won't ever perform like Kachuk. He has a reputation in the league for being hard to play against. He's led the Panthers in ways Huberto never has. I will always hate that they lost Kachuk and Bennett. Uh, this says, uh, I'm happy for Kachuk, but I'm mad at management for letting a superstar walk the free agency in his prime. Terrible move. This from Sarah. Uh, afternoon, I'm happy for Kachuk. Almost bought a 19 Panthers jersey to go with my Flames one. He's a winner. He walks the talk and worth heart and soul. If you look back, every line he plays with succeeds. And hey, I found their long lost power play in Florida. In my opinion, he's the Flames franchise's biggest loss ever. Why? They never really had Martin St. Louis nor Brett Hull. And it was Iggy's and Lanny's time. We'll miss Kachuk's prime. Fair enough. Um, this from Aubrey, not upset with him, just disappointed the Flames don't have him. I do blame Pat. How many Starbucks stars do you have anyway? A lot. I uh, ran into Aubrey over at uh, 8th Avenue Place earlier on this Monday. Uh, this from uh, this says, uh, I love them all, even Johnny. Hope they win the cup for the Panthers. Uh, this says, I'm not mad at anyone at all, but it's pretty hard to watch. Lomberg's a beast. Bennett's realizing his potential. And Matthew looks like a bonafide superstar on and off the ice. On the human level, I'm happy for all of them. On the Flames fan level, I hope they get swept in the cup final. That comes from Jeff. Um, this from Maddie in Canyon Meadows. I'm mad at the fact that Chuck didn't want to be here. Born later, and they never, never gave him the opportunity of the C after Gio left. Seeing them both in the finals hurts my soul. Uh, Murray writes, I'm not that mad at Kachuk. He's played great and has been very professional. However, I'm still mad at Gaudreau as him walking away at the last minute sewered the team for years to come. Uh, this reads, I could be wrong, but I truly believe Matthew wanted to play stateside. I'm disappointed Calgary didn't get him long term, but can't fault the guy for the reality he created for himself when he wins. I hope he takes the cup to Edmonton and shows those jokers how real champs celebrate. 
this from Dylan. Uh, I'm not upset, not mad, just not ready. Uh, if they win next year or the year after, whatever. Kachuk's still my favorite player in the league to watch. Just not ready for this. Good thing a couple horribly timed and undisciplined penalties, Bennett penalties, are going to cost him the cup. That comes from Dylan hiding in Wes's golf bag. Um, this says, was totally hoping Kachuk would lose in the first round with Florida this year, but now that I've watched a few of their games, I'm definitely cheering for him and Sam to win it all. That comes from John. Uh, this reads, uh, it's like watching my ex-boyfriend with his hot new celebrity girlfriend, knowing he checked out with me long before he left. It sucks. Sad face. Uh, and finally, I'm rooting for the cat. Bennett and Kachuk were two of my favorite flames. I hope they do well. That comes from Sean near Milo, Alberta. Pretty good cross-section there. Yeah, good little smattering of everything in there. Not a lot of, but you don't hear a lot of, I hope they lose. Even a lot of people who were like that to begin with are saying, yeah, I can't be too mad at him. It was kind of, you know, remember when Ference won the cup in, in Boston and shouting out to Aginla and Regeer, you know, and Ference wasn't at the same level as Kachuk or right. even Bennett. But, you know, I, I, I think that most people, even as, as frustrated as they are that he's not in a Flames jersey, I think that at least that cross-section, nobody really cheering against Matthew Kachuk. You, you can't not appreciate what he's doing. And if you've been a fan of his at any point, you can't help but feel good for him. You know, when I, the other night or, or a handful of nights ago, when he scored that overtime goal in game two and just pointed to the gate and skated off the ice, I was just laughing on my couch. Like, this is... Matthew Kachuk living his best life right now. Yeah. He he has just found another level. And it's hard and I'm not calling Matthew Kachuk a underdog story as as an individual, but everyone loves the underdog story. Like how can you not feel good about what the Florida Panthers are doing? How can a part of you not really enjoy the sort of fairy tale run that this Panthers team yeah. has become. And I, I think that's probably part of the reason that you don't have a bunch of people saying, nah, can't wait to see them get swept. Um, this has uh, just deleted a super long salty text because I sounded like a crazy ex. I hope he loses. Lol. Uh, this mad at the flames for screwing it up and mad at Kachuk for not wanting to be here. We'll root against him forever. Okay. I like that. that that's now, now we're getting a few more vitriolic ones. Uh, Chucky will be to the flames. What trading Neely was to the Canucks. Uh, this despite Chucky giving notice, he wouldn't sign long-term. He still wanted out. 19 can beat it. Uh, big Mike says, hello, gents. I'm annoyed about all three Kachuk reasons. He's not in the flames uniform and I'm annoyed that he just wasn't that good in the playoffs here. So there you go. 960, 960 on the text line. Great stuff. We went over the top of the hour, but Cam will forgive me. I think that it's not the, it's not the last hour. That's the one that he gets really mad That's at. what you think. I think you'll forgive me. Uh, that will uh, start to wrap things up this hour. Do want to remind you that coming up on Friday, uh, Logo and I will be out at Speargrass. I haven't been to Speargrass this year. Looking forward to being out there in the Southeast. Uh, we are on the road at Speargrass this Friday, uh, broadcasting from likely the clubhouse, maybe outside. We'll see how it is. Uh, we'll tell you about the Golf and Dine every Friday at 1 o'clock, the newly opened event center at the course, and how you just can't beat the value at Speargrass. It is one of the best value courses anywhere. Speargrass is Calgary's most friendly and relaxed golf experience.